How's it going, everyone? Joe Gagne here, welcoming you to edition number 19 of Joe vs. the World. My guest today completes the Death Valley Driver hat trick. He is the frequent DVDR contributor. It's Rob Naylor. Rob, how you doing? Hey, doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me on. No problem. I got your last name right. Uh, it's Naylor, right? Yeah, N-A-Y-L-O-R. Okay, I always worry about that. All right, it's all good. All right, so um, we'll start at the beginning. Uh, how'd you get into wrestling? Oh, my God. Uh, okay, got to go way back, probably like 1984-ish. Uh, I was just a, I was like six years old, and my sister was flipping channels in our house, and all of a sudden I, we passed by Channel 17 in Philly, and I, I see a guy with blonde hair wrestling, you know, another guy, and here it's Pistol Pez Watley and Buddy Landell, and I just, I saw him, and Buddy Landell, I think, got busted open, and his white hair turned red, and I'm just watching this as a kid going, what in the world is this? And, you know, I had seen boxing prior, so, like, this was just a natural disconnect. I'm like, wow, you know, boxing never goes this far, and I just was immediately into it. And then, from then on, I remember the first angle I could really remember was Ric Flair was wrestling Sergeant Slaughter, and I think it was, like, a uh, Pro Wrestling USA deal, and... Mm -hmm. I guess Boris Zukov ran in. <laughs> I just see this giant Russian with a huge head fly into the ring, and he, like, goes crazy, attacks Sarge, and I'm, like, watching this. And then he headbutted the ref. And now, to me, I see officials on football as a kid and baseball, and you're not supposed to headbutt a ref. So I see this, and I'm just, I'm like, oh, my God, you know. I could not believe it. I'm like, what kind of crazy, you know, stuff is this? And I was just hooked. I just remember, like, totally freaking out when that crazy Russian showed up, though, so... <laughs> From there, I was just hooked. Like, I had a cousin that loved the British Bulldogs at the time. Like, he's my older cousin. You, you always have them older family members that you look up to. So he's always telling me, yeah, British Bulldogs are the best. And I'd be like, eh, whatever, you know. And then I saw him, and I was really, you know, Dynamite Kid. Who is a kid's not going to watch Dynamite Kid and totally be in the, the crazy stuff he does? And from there, he told me something about Texas wrestling. He said, you got to watch ESPN for Texas wrestling. And I was like, Texas wrestling? And he's like, everything else is fake, but Texas wrestling's real. <laughs> so I was like, Texas wrestling's real? And then I, I didn't even know what Texas wrestling was. And then I finally started watching World Class. And it, while it didn't necessarily look any more real than the others, I, I was totally into that, too. So I was a big Freebird fan, always was, from the start till now. So that's pretty much the uh, infancy of me being completely a nut about pro wrestling. So you got to see kind of the glory period of the, the, the world class. Oh, my God, yeah. And it was so weird, too, because when I got into wrestling, we had WWF on my cable system. We had – this is the thing. My rinky-dink town, which I originally lived in, Cole Township, PA, never had a cable system that had TBS. But, like, NWA wrestling was it. Like, Dusty's NWA Crockett promotion was, like, the greatest thing ever. I liked WWF. It was good. But an AWA was on uh, US no it was on ESPN and then USA I think had prime time but we didn't get TBS so like every Saturday at two o'clock in the afternoon uh, WPHL 17 had Worldwide Wrestling and just the way Dusty presented everything as a kid it was always Dusty was getting killed or Jimmy Valiant was getting attacked and they were busting him open and Paul Jones's army was killing him and you know they always had the bad guys getting one up on the good guys and you always just wanted to see the good guys finally get back but dusty was smart because you had to pay to see that yeah <laughs> on the on the the big shows or go out to the arenas whereas wwf at the end of the show you had like hulk hogan tito and jyd eating ice cream bars and you know every, <laughs> you know every, everything was you know copacetic and you know go hulkster but uh, to me uh, i mean i love that too and they did some good stuff in wwf like when uh morocco and bundy broke hulk's ribs Mm -hmm. Or the sternum or whatever that was. Like, that was a great angle, and I remember them. But to me, Dusty's stuff always had me sitting in front of the TV, glued to it, and wanting to see everything that was going to break down, like, every week. So that was pretty much... I was basically one of them NWA kids that just liked what NWA was doing more so than WWF, for sure. So being in Pennsylvania, you kind of had access to to everything, really, it sounds like. Because I was in the, the Northeast, so I was pretty much a WWF guy growing up. Yeah, uh, I, I think I missed the mark, though. Like, I have friends here in my town that told me that, like, in 82 and 83, we had, like, Southwest here on mm. TV, and we had Florida Championship Wrestling here. Oh, and by wow. the time 84 rolled along, I didn't get to see any Florida Championship Wrestling or any Southwest. Well, Southwest, I think, was then over with. But So we had, we had a little bit of WWF. We had 
we had a very little bit of NWA. We had AWA and World Class on ESPN, and that was pretty much it. But I was so addicted to finding out about everything. I didn't get the tapes, at least not too many of them, but I was, like, addicted to actors' magazines and all stuff like that, like the Southeast and Continental and Mid-South and the Mid-Southern area. I was always just a sponge to find out everything that was happening there. So, Have you seen the uh, World Class DVD? Oh, my God, no. It's coming, like, next week here, and I am just so stoked to see it. I talked to a lot of people that saw it. I think uh, I was asking Bix about it, actually, and he was telling me it was really good. Uh, I'm just such a fan of all those guys, like, all the names, even, like, obscure names like David Manning and stuff. Like, I I love it. Like, I remember when I was watching, uh, quote-unquote, Texas wrestling when I was a kid, uh, it was cool because it was 86-87, but ESPN would show the 1982-83 episodes. So, like, I'd be watching Fishman and Checkmate Tony Charles and, you know, Armand Hussein and all these guys that no one even gives a crap. Well, they give a crap about them, but, you know, it was usually everyone thinks, oh, Von Erichs, Gino and Chris and Freebirds. But I like those kind of guys. Like, the Fishman, I still remember. I thought he was awesome. Ch- Tony Charles, my God. Like, when I, I remember his stick to this day where he'd, like, crawl up in a ball and, like, you know, pop out of it and try to hyperextend someone's knee and stuff. I mean, that stuff sticks with you. I mean, Carrie and David and Mike and all them, Kevin, they were all decent. But to me, I liked, like, the, a lot of the undercard guys and the Freebirds. Yeah. Now, um, you had mentioned uh, tape trading in 1992. Oh, my in God, In our yeah. first emails. What, what was that like back then? Oh, my God. I loved it. Like, I didn't even know what an observer was. Like, I was always a magazine guy. Then Pro Wrestling Illustrated came out with Pro Wrestling Illustrated this week. And I thought that was like, I mean, if something could beat Pro Wrestling Illustrated this week, I I was getting Pro Wrestling Illustrated news, but by the week, I thought that was the greatest thing ever in like 1990-ish. Yeah, I was a subscriber to that too in 90. Wasn't it great? I mean, (laughs) I loved it. I was like, oh my God, I'm finding out about what happened on NWA and WWF TV like a week after it happens. Mm. Like, I remember Conan showed up on WWF, like, he was at the house shows, but he wasn't on the shows, like Raylan Pago or something, and... I always remember seeing him at Spicoli and, you know, other guys on the undercards. And I was like, wow, I can't wait till this guy hits TV. And then, of course, you know, he (laughs) kind of never did. And God bless Paul Diamond and all. But, you know, it just (laughs) – Max Moon and Jerry Fox is still one of my favorite. Have you ever – do you remember that one? No, I don't. This is me pulling out the obscure. But there was a match with a guy named Jerry Fox, who I think also goes by Rock and Randy. He's like a Mm -hmm. Midwest guy. I think, like, Punk and Cabana and all them guys – broke in with the guy but jerry fox ruled i'm a huge fan of the wimpy jobber guys so when i saw max moon drop kick jerry fox in the face this guy jerry fox he took a bump up and over the top rope completely clearing the thing and like landed just brutally onto the the, the blue pad and i was just like <laughs> jerry fox rules if jerry fox is listening to this god bless you man <laughs> Unbelievable! We love the bump takers, like Lee Scott, those those guys. But yeah, I totally like I said, I was going to be rambling, and you knew it was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I pro wrestling this week. Okay, so then came the Observer, and when I when I got my first Observers, I was I thought it was great. I couldn't believe it. I didn't get the real name and like the the work and double count out result and all his wording. I always was way confused by. But soon enough, I I learned to uh, follow Dave Meltzer's writing, although I still don't know if I figured that out. <laughs> yeah, well. But uh, I, from the Observer, I remember seeing Mayfield Mayhem had tapes, and he had Japan tapes, and I was like, whoa, Japan tapes, you know. I'll bet you this looks like, I, I expected to get Japan tapes, and it being like completely crappy. I don't know whether as a kid I was like mentally disabled and thought like all Japanese TV would look different or something, but I always thought it would, you know, I was used to getting grainy quality tape trades to begin with from other people, but when I got my first great Best of Great Muda or something tape, mm-hmm. I just was stunned. Like the Hase matches and seeing Kintsugi Sasaki for the first time and Masa Chono and, you know, all those guys. Even Jushin Liger, I think Scott Norton was over there, and Brad Armstrong, and it was just all really good. And I just remember being totally stoked about the whole tape trading thing. And then I found out he had the old Mid-South tapes, and all that stuff. And it was just, forget about it from there. Yeah. What was the uh, video quality like back then? It actually was pretty good. It wasn't oh. grainy or ghosty. It, it, To me, I've always, until now, with this whole DVD revolution, which I'm 
breaking into slowly, but I'm such an old timer with technology, it's ridiculous. But, uh, you know, I, I remember a lot of it would be grainy or ghosty, but it was for, I always thought it was great. I never had any complaints. And like, I remember even when I started getting into tape trading in like 96, 97-ish with me making tapes for other people, they'd be like, oh, well, it wasn't first or second generation. And I'd be like, you know, sorry, dude. And like, cause other, I noticed other people actually had taste and, like, wanted to see really good quality tape. And to me, if I had, like, if I could see something, I was happy. So, <laughs> I, I, that was all I cared about. I'm still pretty lenient with that, too. But I just, the 24-7 thing on WWF, my cable company still is in the dark ages, and we don't get uh, the 24-7 here yet. But I have tons of friends that get Comcast down near Philly, and I'll be seeing that soon enough. Because oh. I just watched a DVD today with, uh, I think it was something Phil Schneider gave to me like a year ago. But I think it had, it had Rock and Roll Express against Manny Fernandez and Rick Rude, and Midnight mm. Express against Barry Windham and Ron Garvin. And my God, just the old ways of doing TV were so effective. Because this Barry Windham Ron Garvin match. The match is just building and building building, and then you have Cornette coming in, throwing this crazy ball of fire in Ronnie Garvin's face. All the good guys from your Tim Horners and Brad Armstrongs and Rick Mortons, they you know, bum rush the ring, and they're looking at Ronnie, and Ronnie has like flames flying from his head as it happens. And, you know, I, It's so effective. And then you have Jimmy Garvin running out, and if you remember, Jimmy and Ronnie never even said hello to each other, and it was just always known that Jimmy was bad, Ronnie was good. So then they break that wall down, and you have Jimmy Garvin showing up, and the whole uh, the, the week afterwards on this tape, all they talk about, every wrestler comes out and talks about the angle. You know, they show Ronnie going to the ambulance. They show Jimmy coming out and saying how him and Ronnie need to get back together and face the midnight. So it's just the epic, you know, the the whole idea of week to week continuity and just good stories. You know, Dusty would put it on Ronnie Garvin one week, and then. It'd be back to Dusty. I mean, Dusty pushed himself too much. You know, I'm not gonna, you know, put a little halo around Dusty's head or anything. But, you know, I. But for every like Dusty and the Manila envelope and the 12 pack of Big Macs that Baby Doll had inside of it, you know, to all the other stuff that he did, you know, he he, he put it off on other people. You know, he had the Road Warriors getting some uh, pretty much TV time one week or the other. So he even, I think, in the with the sheets and with the internet, a lot of people trying to uh, downgrade Dust, but Dusty's good with me. I don't know whether maybe the DVD put me in his good graces again, but he's all right. Oh, have you seen the uh, the Dusty DVD? Oh yeah, I love it. I, I bought it solely on the fact that it spoke to me at Walmart. I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. I, who can deny that? You know, yeah. the woods. Yeah, you know, God bless it. I don't know who put the thing together at the WWF, but. Someone's got the right idea. They should have put more Sullivan stuff on it. There should have been more Terry Funk stuff on it. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers. So I'm glad they at least got the thing out. Yeah. Now, uh, what, what wrestling do you watch nowadays? Do you, do you watch current stuff at all? Or? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> it's brutal to me because in my whole entire life, except for maybe college, I just recall always just yearning for TV wrestling. And, God, it's just the dregs. I I wanted this new ECW thing to work out, but mm. oh my god, it's wretched. Yeah. I can't stand to watch it. it, it <laughs> CM Punk, I'm a big Ring of Honor fan and all, but my god, CM Punk, he's on there every week, but seeing CM Punk on there and them slowly building him isn't going to make me watch the entire show. I just yeah. think it's so terrible. I just, big show, <laughs> I know he's got a lot of fans, but... I'm sorry. He does nothing for me. He just seems like he does those hand butts where, like, he grabs his hand and headbutts his hand. <laughs> I don't know. He does work a good big man wrestling style, but I'm just, I'm not into it. I like more athletic big wrestlers like Morishima and, and the like. Like Gordy and Blackwell back in the day. And You know, how about that uh, Noah title change, huh? Yeah, we were going to talk about that in a bit. Yeah, but, uh, I'll talk about it the now. Thunder. It's. Surprising, you know. I pretty much surprised by it. I, uh, I would have thought they would have. A lot of people thought they would have gone more Ashima with it, but I guess they put it on Marafuji. I, I'm happy. I'm going to be in New York this Saturday, so I'll at least see him. I don't know if he's going to be defending or what. I doubt it, but yeah, who knows? I'll, I'll be in uh, Connecticut the day before, so oh, I for will real? see him. Yep. 
Nice. Maybe I'll see you there. I'm not sure if we're going to go up to Connecticut. We got balcony front row for New York, so oh, wow. I'm thrilled about that. So I'm like the king of crappy seats at indie shows. <laughs> given. Like I'm always just like, well, if I'm in the building, it's good enough. But this is pretty cool. We got some uh, nice front row balcony seats, so we'll be uh, checking out that show. I think the shows coming up this week look really strong. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm happy. I mean, if Ring of Honor could book Morishima, and I know everyone loves him these days, but God bless him if they get him in for 2007. I'd like to see him do an angle at this show. Mm. Do you imagine him like standing up in a suit? I, and that'd be a mighty large suit, but <laughs> pie-facing Marafuji if Marafuji wins or going after Nye. If they want to book him for 2007, if he can get the the uh, working papers down, that'd be great. I mean, I think they need to... I don't know if they'll be allowed to. I don't know what they have to do. You know, the whole relationship with other companies I have no clue about, but... Ideally is what I'm saying. I would love to see Morishima, you know, hop a rail, so to speak, and start <laughs> swinging some smacks somebody's way. But, you know, it would be cool just to see him and the other guys. and Freaking Bruno. <laughs> and Bruno, yeah. How about Bruno? I, I, unbelievable. I, I was cracking up because I've talked to Bruno on a couple occasions over the years, and the guy's so nice, you know what I mean? I mean he, just a wonderful human being, but I hope he knows what he's getting himself into. Because <laughs> those idiot fans, I mean, I'm can't happy for the right chance, but if they start yelling, well, this one dude on one of those message boards was like, yeah, I can't wait till Bruno comes. We'll start the F. Vince chant. I'm like, look, idiot. <laughs> you start F. Vince, and he's going to walk right out of the ring and out of the door. Like, the guy hates vulgarity, number one. I hope Gabe puts a muzzle on Homicide. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, Bruno coming out and... Homicide and Bruno throwing haymakers, and then Homicide getting a microphone afterwards, and yeah, f you, mother f on. You know, Bruno would be like, well, he'd break kayfabe and walk out of the ring. You know, yeah. I don't know. I I think it's nice he's coming. I hope they do set something up with him, and I hope he has a good time. Because the wrestling, I'm sure he would dig the wrestling. I just he just seems like such an old timer, and so you know, back in another time as far as angles go, but. You know, maybe he'll have fun. Well, I hope to see him shake his hand. I had a poster a couple of years ago. Like, he doesn't do too many indie shows, but... No. A friend of mine gave me a poster of the original Hanson, Bruno, Anoki, uh, Ali deal from mm-hmm. uh, 76. He saw it on closed circuit at, like, the Zembo Mosque or something in <laughs> Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. <laughs> and he's like, could you get this sign? And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll see what, see what we can do, and... He's got Bruno's signature on it, and we're trying to get to Hanson's a couple times. Hanson don't come up northeast too often, though. No. I've been kind of, never really got his signature on that, but it'd be, it'd be nice if Hanson one time came in the ROH. But sure. Of course. <laughs> Who knows? I still want him to get Manny Fernandez in. I mean, come on. Homicide's right there. You can get no, Manny that, that's in. That's true. I love Manny Fernandez. I'll tell you what. Poor, I mean, the guy's apparently a total PR, but, you know... <laughs> His wrestling was great. I think more people need to watch Manny Fernandez and they'll get happier. I haven't seen a, a lot of Manny. Not the real Manny. I always saw... WCW always had the fake Manny uh, running around as jobbers, <laughs> but you, you yeah. knew it wasn't him because he wasn't sp- uh, spurting blood as soon as he came out. Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, Manny Fernandez, I need to get more of his Japan stuff. I heard him at Buzz Sawyer did some crazy tags like with the Southern Boys and all hmm. other kind of people. So I see that... There's a guy on Death Valley Driver that's got, like, ten comps out right now. They all just look absolutely unbelievable. I already got the Barry one. Barry Wyndham comp can't get here soon enough. Yeah. Barry Wyndham, just all-time favorite of mine, too. So. All right, and you're participating in the uh, the Best of the 80s Japan poll. Oh, right? my God, yeah, yeah. How's that well, coming along? Oh, I got those discs last week, and I started watching them, and I'm really not as into the uh, UWFI, UWF stuff that... uh. Phil is, but I've talked to Phil about it, and I'm watching it, I'm digging the Fujiwara stuff, I'm really liking, uh, Takata Backlund is unbelievable, oh my god, what a match, I mean, I guess it was Backlund four years removed from, uh, his WWF title loss, and in Japan, I guess he had a name, because I don't know if there's some kind of connection with Gotch or what, but he, he and Tanaka, or Takata was just great, I mean, he had him going for angle picks, and just... Takata dropping axe kicks on him and, you know, Bob Backlund with that silly face of his. Oh, get away from me. Get away from me. Quit it, you know. And Takata's just kicking the crap out of him. I mean, it's very amusing. I, uh, 
And I like Bob. I, I thought it was probably the best Bob Ackle match I've ever watched. So if anyone's even thinking about sleeping on that uh, 100 other Japan DVDs from Death Valley Driver, please don't get it. It's a great hookup, if only for the Takata Bob Ackle match. I am and, a... Oh, go ahead. And Phil, I remember on the show you did with him, was mentioning the, uh, I guess it was... Johnny something against Minoru Fujii... No, Minoru... Uh, oh, my God. Suzuki. Yeah. He claimed that it was DDP's Florida buddy. I know who the guy is. It's Julio Barrera. Like, me and these, <laughs> me and these job guys again, I know all the names. Julio Barrera, the same guy that's on these DVDs, has a match with Sting on one of my old... Uh, old wrestling tapes from 89, and Stinger just bounces this chubby dude all over the <laughs> ring. It's like a chainsaw through a marshmallow. It's just the funnest stuff ever. I, I, I got to watch this Suzuki thing a couple more times. I haven't gone through everything thoroughly yet on this, but I've liked what I've seen so far. There's uh, lots of Fujiwara arm bars, though. If, you, oh, yeah. if you're a fan of Fujiwara arm bars, definitely got to pick this up. I'm the kind of a little guy. I'm like 5'2", maybe... 140 if I'm lucky, but I understood the power of the Fujiwara armbar as a kid because in high school this big fat kid was trying to squabble at lunch, and sure enough, he swung and I hit the Fujiwara on him, and he went down. So it's all about leverage. Wow. And if I can disable a big fat kid in high school, God knows what, you know, freaking... Yeah. <laughs> what's his name? Fujiwara's going to do to you. My God, he's just awesome. I wish a big fat guy would come back and do that. I mean, Max Payne did it, and he was great with it. I think if Max Payne got a bigger push and they just sold that Fujiwara armbar in WCW, he'd have been a star. I just, I think you got to get a big fat guy to be throwing down Fujiwara armbars. I'd like to see it. I don't know who it's going to be though. But no. I'm only through. I'm just about through disc two, and uh, some of the stuff like uh, the the 30 minute draw tag match with the two British guys, I think. I mean, that made me want to claw my eyes out. That was just yeah. There, there's there's a lot on. of stuff on here that's pretty brutal. I was one that didn't like the Leduke six man. I don't know. I mean, I know Phil loved it, but I I'm watching it and I'm just seeing Joe Leduke no sell Dickie Murdoch's punches right to his face. And I'm I mean Joe Leduke was pretty beat up around 1990 though. I mean yeah. I don't expect much from him, but my God, it's like watching Andre toward the end of that match. I just I mean uh, what's his name? Onita was great. He's as fired up as ever, but, you know, I just, I didn't really like that as much. Uh, I think there was a Choshu match on there against Tenru. Very Mm -hmm. fun. Still, I wouldn't call it one of my favorite matches of the 80s by far, but it's a good match. I mean, I guess what Phil was saying was they put a lot of extra stuff on these DVDs. I I think I got to get a better idea as to who all these people are, though. Yeah. I mean, I have a, a general grasp, but when you're watching, like, a hundred, you know, 75 matches of Maeda and Takata and Fu- you know, Fujiwara, and they all just start to blend together at one point. <laughs> yeah, and everyone, sure... everyone wears black trunks and boots. And... Oh, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, when I first got into Japanese wrestling, I remember they had that, uh, that world... World sports tape with uh, Inoki and Murdoch on the front. They had like Fujinami and Koshinaka and like Ton Inoue. All those wrestlers just in black boots and black tights. And as a kid, that was just so difficult. I mean, I was a little slow to begin with. So me <laughs> trying to figure out all these Japanese wrestlers was just not happening. But uh, you know, I, I like the discs so far. It's, it's been pretty good. Yeah, um, I, I no, tops for me so far is I think the second uh, Fujiwara. Tiger Mask or Super Tiger Match. Or Ought to look for that. Tiger just beats the crap out of him. I was, I mean, he's uh, fun. Yeah, he's Tiger's fun. I I I dig him. I like all the flashier guys anyway. But watching Super Tiger just unleash kicks and just the, the speed, you know, yeah. he's just so coordinated, so much foot and hand speed. You know, it's fun to watch. That I, and like the, I said, I'd love to have a better point of reference. Like I yeah. think that ten on or the five on five match from New Japan and UWF is. Still one of the best matches I've ever seen, but with the, I, that's like my only frame of reference, though. I mean, I've read about it, but it's just difficult for me to get into frame, you know, mind frame to watch a lot. Yeah. Of and uh, watch for the uh, Jack Snooker match. <laughs> Coco Samoa. <laughs> it was amazing. I knew who he was, and I just watched it, and I was like, why the hell is Coco Samoa on these DVDs? 
Brutal. I don't know. I I guess I don't see it. You know, I a lot of people say, "Oh, well, Rob Naylor likes everything." No, I don't. I I someone. It was funny. I read somebody had said that. Oh well, Rob Naylor would like a Renegade match, and I was. I remember talking <laughs> to Bix, and I said to Bix, "Well, real Lord of the Jungle was really good in '92," and Bix is cracking up. He's like, "Dude, you do like everything." <laughs> I wow. I don't like Joe Gomez. Can we just agree on that? Joe Gomez sucks. Was Alan Iron Eagle? He was never good. Zeus sucks. Uh, <laughs> Eligante? Eligante had a good match, though. <laughs> he did have a good squash match with Kenny Kendall or something. So he, he I don't know. I, I'm easily pleased. I, the way I look at it, if I liked it, if I hated every little thing about wrestling, then I just wouldn't have too much fun following and I'd get into something else. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I like these DVDs so far, though. I can't complain. Yep. Still got a ways to go on mine. I think they're oh, like I do too. four I hours do. each. Yeah, like sixteen more hours. I hope there's not a deadline coming up soon. Yeah, it's brutal to watch them one after another. I think stylistically, you got to just go back to different stuff. And I may flip around a bit after this one. So, uh, you're really into lucha, correct? I am. I haven't really seen. I haven't had Galavision in a, a long time. But I am a big. Uh, I do love the lucha when I can when I get my hands on it. Oh, that's great. I see. I can't follow it. We don't have any of the stations that get it. When I was in Chicago over WrestleMania weekend, they had it, and I was like going nuts. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, amazing, <laughs> you know, because I still I'm not cool enough to not mark out for cool stuff like that. Like if I'm anywhere on business or traveling anywhere. And I see like wrestling on that normally isn't supposed to be on. I always go crazy. I'm like, yeah, wrestling. I remember when I went to the West Coast in like 1992, they had something called Bay Area Wrestling. Hmm. Classic. I have some of it on tape too, which is great. Chris Jericho actually worked on that for like really? a month. Yeah, I don't have him on the tape, which sucks because if I did, it'd be like collectible or something. <laughs> but they like Boris Gibanoff, and like this guy with red hair would come out, and like he'd be like, oh, I'm gonna kill all of you, and I'd be like. Wait a minute, you know. It's just great. I mean, it was just the campiest, stupidest studio wrestling <laughs> ever. They'd bring out, like, the San Francisco PD with, like, these little kids that could be, you know, dispensing crack after the show. I mean, it was just great. It, just a wonderful amalgamation of strange-looking, you know, Anglo wrestlers that were either Japanese or from Africa. I mean, it was just the cheesiest, stupidest stuff you ever want to see. I, I highly advise everyone to find and seek out Bay Area Wrestling from the early 90s. It makes Herb Abrams' UWF look like, you know, All Japan 1990. Right. I remember following uh, Herb Abrams' UWF. Yeah, wasn't it fun? It wasn't even fun. You know, they had, like, Wet and Wild. <laughs> they had, uh... I think one time he had Brody announced on a show after Brody died. Like, he was crazy. He was crazy. Was he the one... See, I always get him and Joel Goodhart confused, too. I guess... But Joel Goodhart was the guy that had Buddy Rogers booked, and then yes. Buddy Rogers died and didn't get to wrestle Buddy Landell, which would have been amazing. But, uh... What did Herb Abrams... Herb Abrams had that whole deal with Brody booked. <laughs> what else did Herb do? Herb had... That was like the Dr. Death, Paul Orndorff deal at the time. And Cactus was on there in Morocco. Yep. And he had lots of... They did a lot of them New York uh, ballroom deals, too, so to speak. I mean, I remember they were running... Not the Manhattan Center, but I think someplace adjacent to it. So they they were okay. They had... And ironically enough, they have Bruno involved. Jesus, this is amazing. ROH becomes Herb Abrams' GWF. <laughs> That's crazy. What a linkage that is. But yeah, I remember Bruno on all them tapes doing the commentary. Doggone it, Herb. I don't like this Cactus Jack man. He's not a very nice man, Herb. Doggone it. You know, and I'd watch it. David Sammartino was in there for a cup of coffee before him yeah. and Bruno had the big split. So yeah, he's all right. I... I I gotta say, I, Bruno always just stands out like a sore thumb. I would love it if they'd actually do something that, you know, would be non-traditional of Bruno this Saturday. Like, have him come out and start cussing fans out. Like, that'd be great. But yeah. I'm sure he'll just come in and they'll all shake hands and it'll be a happy, fun bunch. But, you know, I, ideally I'd like to have him come out with forks in his hand and help homicide <laughs> bad people. <laughs> you know. I wouldn't bet the house on that. Yeah, I know, sadly. You're going like to get to see a cool match, though, in Connecticut. Like, if I don't get up to that, I think that... I saw the Briscoes against Kenta and Davey from Japanese TV. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Long Island fans are sleeping the whole time because they're a little yeah. off, but I'll tell you what, what a match. I know that the Briscoes are hot and cold of late, but excellent tag match. I mean, they were bumping all over for Kenta, and they really made Davey look good, and 
they're 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 pretty good at if they could get their stuff together and just be like heal it up a little more, they'd be excellent. I think that match of Marafuji and Kenta has uh, a lot of promise. And Joe and Joe and Roderick Strong oh, yeah. would be amazing. I mean, I really like the way they held that. They could have booked that thing any time the last three years, but they pretty much held it off and waited until they had a little big show, really, to line up for it. And lo and behold, I guess Roderick hit a tire driver on him, dropping him on his head and pinned him. So now you got the little little mini feud going. So that'll be a good match. But uh, Yeah, we don't get Brian Danielson, though, sadly. No, you don't. You know, I guess hopefully Aries and uh, Richards will kick out the jams. I guess they had a... Not a subpar match, but not like a match that everyone said was the greatest match ever at PWG. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they worked out the kinks. And Aries is always a little more, uh, he busts out the personality here and there on big shows. So, it could be good. I didn't see him and Susumu from Dragon Gate. I heard it was pretty good, though. But, oh, I haven't seen any of his uh, Dragon Gate stuff. Yeah, I watch a little bit of that now and then, because I'm the big Jack Evans fanatic. But oh. he's doing good over there, so good for him. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, the uh, Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame was announced last week. We had Eddie Guerrero, Hiroshi Hase, Masakatsu Funaki, and Aja Kong were all the class of 2006 that were voted I, in. I the, got uh, a problem with none of them. I, I don't okay. know much about Funaki, I'll be totally honest. I'm not really hip to the whole shooty thing. But uh, Aja Kong's great. I'm, like the, I'm not the huge Japanese women's wrestling aficionado, but God bless her for them back fists and... Yeah. Just her role in all the matches I've seen. She could be in with, like, a little girl and just really carry it. And her and that Inoue chick, I forget what her first name is. I know they're sisters or whatever. But the one that does, like, the rope-ascending backwards senton thing is just so awesome. Listen to me losing internet cred by the second here, not knowing <laughs> the names of people. But, no, <laughs> I, Aja Kong's awesome. Everything I've seen with her has been really decent. And uh, Hiroshi Hase I'm a fan of, too. I didn't really see... Too much of him post becoming a senator and whatnot, so like it's not like he's gonna lose any grace with me. But all them Hase Mudo tags from the early '90s are good enough for me. I really dug them, and them and the Steiners had such a great, uh, great ability to have good matches. And mm-hmm. Hase and Liger in the earlier time, and he even did some stuff with Stampede, I believe. So he, oh yeah, the, yeah, uh, he the, had some the Kong Express. There you go. Yeah, him and who's the tag partner? I can't even oh, recall. Hmm. We had Kong Express. Remember Hashjif Kong? I don't even know. But yeah, they they were decent. Yep. Then uh, who was the third one? Eddie. Yeah, Eddie belongs. I can't complain. Eddie's great. God bless Andrew. Yep. I'm surprised that Eddie only got a. Th- I think 69% of the vote to get yeah, in, that's which crazy. is a bit lower than I thought. And, and Dave said some people told him they held off on voting for him to not make it seem like a sympathy vote. Oh, there you go. Passing. That but makes sense. It, it kind of defeats the purpose, because he got in anyway with a low vote count. So yeah. I went to low. So I don't know. But all four made my final ballot. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Some people have made some impassioned arguments against uh, Hase and I guess Funaki, but... Yeah, because I don't think Hase ever necessarily drew any huge houses. But wasn't yeah. he? He was a booker though for a lot of. An assistant booker. So I don't know if that factors into things or not. But some people yeah. argue how much he really did, but yeah, you know, we don't really know. So. Yeah, I think uh, is Murdoch and Wahoo in yet? I think Murdoch Wahoo. missed it just uh, by I he think did. a few votes. <laughs> See, now I'm sad. I don't know. I think Murdoch and Wahoo need to be in. I, I know that they were on the brink for quite some time, but the more I watch Murdoch and Wahoo, I think it's criminal or not. I think Wahoo made it in. Yeah, he probably is. I'm probably past. just complaining about stuff that's already not even needed to be complaining about. But, you know, Mur- Wahoo de- definitely deserves it. I think the Freebirds are in too, right? They got in last year. All right, cool. Because I remember a Gordy write-up in one of them observers. Yep. I, I I'm on one of these websites where they have like the top hundred wrestlers of all time. Mm-hmm. I think Gordy made my third. I mean, wow. I'm so I'm like the there. If you could find the biggest Terry Gordy fan ever and then like line him up with me, I'd totally destroy them. <laughs> given mark them. I mean, Gordy's just so great. I just love the crazy brawling, the wild punches. You know everything he ever did. The team with Snuka, the team with Hayes, the team with Roberts, the team with Hanson, Doctor Death. He was a good bad guy, good good guy. 
you know, he was Florida, world class, UWF, Mid-South. You know, WWF, he didn't do nothing, but they were there for one all of like a week. Yeah. So, And then he came back as executioner. But I, when I think of Gordy, I think of like till 92 and try not to think too much about the bitter end with Gordy. But, yeah. you know, he was just so damn good for like, from, I'd even say 81 onward. He was just, just a natural. I have a match with him and Chris Adams from world class. Well, they were both really young, but I guess Adams just came over, and Gordy, sure enough, just totally adapted to Adams, even at that young age. It was, he's just so good. I just, I that's another thing. He has a compound now too. Jesus, I'm gonna have to watch that one too. <laughs> I, I I try to accumulate most of his stuff to begin with, but I was reading that comp. I'm like, whoa, you know, Gordy DiBiase against Hacksaw and Doctor Death. You know, where'd that come from? So. You know, there's always stuff out there. You always think you've seen everything or heard about everything, and sure enough, something crazy pops up. That's why this WWF 24-7, I hope. I hope they unearth something. I don't know. I have a friend that works up there in the library. Really? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You think... <laughs> well, talking about the... I, I constantly bug him. I'm like, hey, is that a Noki Ali match? <laughs> you know, the undercard, Hanson and... Bruno, does that exist? No, it doesn't exist. Bullshit. And I'm like, no, it does. My friend saw it at the Zembo Mosque. <laughs> so I don't know whether the Zembo Mosque closed circuit thing never was taped otherwise. I don't understand it. Like, although I, they're, they're kayfabe, though. They, they're a bunch of liars. It's got to exist. I, I, I can't imagine. Although me knowing them probably don't help matters because I'm just yeah. constantly bugging them. Like, <laughs> hey, you got this? Hey, is this there? Put this on 24-7. And I don't even get it, so you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, but you just want to spread the love. Oh, I know. I'm trying to. It's crazy. I, they own freaking everything, and they even think they own Southeast now, apparently, from what I read. Jeez, yeah. They're pulling Robert Fuller matches. But, uh, you know, I, they really got to start putting better stuff on. I mean, I'm not going to be one of these people that's not happy with anything they put on. But my friends are telling me some of the stuff they're putting on. They're like, yeah, Crush doing the thing with the milk cart is awesome. I'm like, dude, no. <laughs> that's not awesome. And I'm, I'm the guy that likes everything. But, you know, I just, that's not what I want to see. If they own WCW and NWA, you got to run some of the TV shows. I can't. I I think they are. I think they're starting from the beginning, but they gotta move a little faster. Because I don't need to see Crush, you know, destroying <laughs> milk cartons on my uh, 24/7. That is, you know, I see from my friends who actually get the channel. I, I hope your friend with the uh, the library job. I hope he's actually a wrestling fan. Yeah, I know, right? I think he is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to a degree, it's so it's so sad though. You hear about certain people in certain places and. There's just a real lack of respect for what the territories and what wrestling was all about. I mean, I think it's a lot of the Vince owns everything, so cater to Vince type thing. Mm. I don't know. That's my my take on the whole thing. I just think a lot of people that are in the little happy uh, ivory tower up there just think that, you know, by God, we got to get them berserker matches on. (laughs) (laughs) You know? To, to hell with Tully against, you know, uh, I don't even know. We don't need to see Tully and Ron Garvin Broadway. We gotta, we gotta get in them Bastion Booger matches, you know? I don't know. I hope that cooler heads prevail and smarter people get involved, but from what I hear, it's pretty, uh, they pretty much have it all spread out. I hear some AWA stuff is on there nowadays, so. So weird. I, I, you'd think I had it, cause, but I do know a lot about twenty four seven. I mean, I hear about it from all my friends. Cause they all go nuts. They're like, Naylor, jeez, they got you know Gordy and Robinson Hayes AWA documentary, and I'm like, what? Are you serious? And I just curse my cable company. Wow. I'm also denied at twenty four seven because uh, oh. Charter Communications just uh, brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Just terrible. I may I may not leave the house if this comes on, so maybe it's for the best. There you go. I know you got to have other hobbies and other yeah. lives. And twenty four seven would be pretty dangerous. I, I think if we had like something akin to Samurai TV over here too, it'd be <sighs> brutal. I mean, I I'd be fit. I'd be uh, <laughs> it'd be troubling. I I gotta admit. I and I don't watch much internet wrestling. Like everyone loves the the YouTube and they love the you send it and all. I don't like watching wrestling on the internet. Maybe it's just some weird deal with me, but. I just like getting DVDs and popping the DVDs in and watching them, you know, completely perfect quality. It's such a departure from my earlier, I need to have everything, or I don't care what it looks like, but, like, 
when I'm watching internet wrestling, I get dizzy. <laughs> I'm watching, I'm just like, my God. I'm like, this just has got to be cooler if it's on a master DVD. So even I'm changing my old age. I'm starting to get into, you know, different kinds of... Just, I'm not all hip to the YouTube and stuff. Although I did see a great video on that El Blazer cat. Like, I'm a huge high-flying wrestling fan. Like, mm-hmm. Vagabundo, Venom Black. All those, the craziest high-flyers have always just totally tricked me out as far as when I'm watching their stuff. So I see this L Blazer Chanel dude, and my God, he's doing like double handstands in the Ranas. <laughs> it's just craziness. I mean, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I hate the flippy stuff, but when you see some dude do like a Phoenix Splash in a Rana perfect, it's just a wonderful thing. Yeah. So I'm going to have to look out for this L Blazer, whatever it is. El Dorado, I guess he works for. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's he works with like that Coda and Milanito AT, and he's decent. And he's always wrestling Kondo, and like Kondo's freaking god these days as far as a base catching these little guys. <laughs> That's, you gotta love people like him and uh, Expectrito, <laughs> the the bases of the world. Like sure. Psychosis, who I guess is having troubles these days. Might be in the doghouse. If you I guess I haven't certain. seen him in. Uh... Yeah, I know, right? Although if he's making money and just chilling backstage, more power to him. That's, that's a pretty good place to be in. Sure. So that'll work like, you know, I'm sure he gets the same for one show as he would like ten shows. In, uh, yeah, Mexico. yeah. He don't need to be impaling himself on like missed shoulder tackles <laughs> on the post anyway. So good for him. I, I, I change my opinion. I'm really flighty like that. But yeah, good for psychosis. I hope he never gets back on TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You, know, you had mentioned uh, uh, Tri-State Wrestling. Oh, yeah, yeah. Were, were you there? Uh, yeah, were you there? Um, did you get to see any of this li- experiences live being in, in Pennsylvania? I don't know. Freaking right. Yeah, oh. they, they came to my hometown. They were in my gym. We I, we got to see. It was great. It was a show where the opening match was a tag team called the Rhino Powers. And they wrestled the Cheetah Kid and, like, Leopard Kid or something. And one of them was Ted Petty, I'm pretty sure. And yeah. the other one was just... You know, not Ted Petty. Maybe it was, <laughs> <laughs> was Devin Storm. I don't know who it was, but his tag team partner wasn't very good. But Ted Petty, Cheetah Kid, hit a moonsault. It was cool. I remember it to this day. And it was great because this show was tremendous because I believe they had uh, it was three matches. The main event was Abdullah the Butcher against Bam Bam Bigelow in the big steel cage match around 1990. So I was a huge big Bam Bam Bigelow fan. So I was totally happy to be there. And then they had. Cowboy Ron Bass against Junkyard Dog, and they had Paul Orndorff against Kerry Von Erich. And it was supposed to be one match in a cage, but apparently someone just felt lazy, and they ended up doing the last three <laughs> matches in the cage. <laughs> so sure enough, we're sitting there, and like, totally devalues the main event. <laughs> you know, did Kerry Von Erich and Paul Mr. Wonderful Orndorff really have a grievance? I don't think so. So, you know, although Bam Bam and Abby didn't either, let's face it. But, you know, they had three cage matches. And I don't think, I don't think the dog and Ron Bass even used it. Now I think about it, I don't think one bump was in the cage, so maybe it was a rib. But, uh, it was a pretty good show. I always enjoyed the tri-state wrestling shows. I, I remember also they had a deal where a friend of mine was, like, the ring announcer for the show. And Kerry Von Erich was wrestling the Warlord on it. This is my hometown, like, at some high school gym. And, uh... Kerry was going for the, maybe not the Tri-State belt, but maybe it was just one of them weird indies that pop up, the WWA belt or something. My friend's like, well, uh, Kerry, you're going to win the belt tonight. And Kerry's tying his shoe, and he's like, yeah, yeah, great, great. And this is like 1990, late 92, too. And he's just like, yeah, that's great. And he's like, well, Kerry, you're wearing the belt. He's like, this is the Warlord's belt. You're going to win the belt. And <laughs> Kerry's like, oh, I, I know, man, I know, man. And then uh, Warlord went out to the ring. And Kerry Von Erich comes out anyway with the belt, and they announce Warlord is a champion. Kerry <laughs> <laughs> don't even know what city he's in, let alone state. So then I guess he beats Warlord and wins the belt that he came out to the ring with anyway. <laughs> and I hear this is on tape. I really Smartmark Video apparently has it on tape. God really? bless him. I gotta find it because wow. just hearing the story, I wasn't even there for this other show with Kerry uh, and Warlord. But the way my friend told me the story, I was dying. I was like, oh man, that's both sad and extremely funny at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, poor Kerry. He he was the only champion ever to walk out with the belt prize. <laughs> <in the match. laughs> 
I just remember um, in the the after bags, they always had the uh, tri-state when they had the big shows. They would have pictorials. And they oh, always definitely. Had, and yeah, they would have like, they invented too. Yeah, they always have like like oh, there was like a battle royal where if you bled, you got eliminated. Yeah, or, the hospital all. elimination battle royal, and yeah. they had a uh, one of the mat- early Sabu stuff. They had uh, I think it was was it Killer Carl Cox? I don't even know. They had I remember you remember the the big names though like uh, Larry Winters. And, oh yeah. DC Drake, Mad Dog Drake. DC Mad Dog Drake was at the first or the second live show I ever went to. He was wrestling Larry Winters, and my God, DC Mad Dog Drake came out to the ring, foaming at the mouth. I, I had no idea it was Alex Seltzer at the time, and it was really freaky. But uh, he goes crazy. I'm six years old. I'm like crying. I think <laughs> <laughs> he's chasing some crazy young teenage girl around the, in high school. You know, and he's like, "I'll get you yet, last." You know. <laughs> I'm like watching all this stuff. Like, what in the what in the hell is going on here? Abdullah wrestled Superstar Graham on the same show, and Abdullah chased after me. I swear to God, <laughs> to this day, <laughs> if I see Abdullah the Butcher even within two cities of me, I'm running because he is just frightening. I, I'll tell you what. But yeah, it's, I think a lot of those early experiences with wrestling just they just help you know keep you into it it's just the fun aspect of life i mean at ring of honor next week i'd love someone scary like abdul the butcher to show up and chase me but it's probably not gonna happen no they need more scary bad guys in wrestling that's my uh that's my idea you're probably as tall as like everyone on the ring of honor card so <laughs> like i remember i was in a, a bathroom one time and in homicide i was washing his hands and i'm i'm 5'10 i'm not okay. you know I'm, I'm, well you're I'm, a giant I, okay i towered i was like andre the giant compared to him yeah like, yeah they're all giants to me uh, though i'm like five well, two, yeah. so they are they are all giants but maybe davy richards oh man yeah. but uh they, they are very short. At least they all are, like, the same size, and they all are in the same league. Yeah, Although so. this makes Hero special. You know, Hero and Claudio are now, you know, equivalent to uh, Giant Baba. So Yeah, they're the Twin Towers. Of, uh, yeah, freaking A. It's like when Luger and Wyndham were rocking it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I don't know what one of them is Luke. I guess we'll say Claudio's oh. Luger. So, uh, Aw. <laughs> sorry, Claudio. Oh. <laughs> that may be worse than the UWF uh, ROH comparison you made earlier in the show. Yes. But brutal. Just brutal. And uh you had said you had interviewed some ECW people on a college oh, radio yeah, show. Oh yeah, yeah, my old radio show. Uh God, that was fun. We uh we just got interviews a lot of times and one of the people we interviewed was uh Tommy Dreamer. Just incredible. Was like the nicest human being ever. Like my god. God, you'd think he had, like, a bone to pick, but he was just so happy to be where he was. I just remember him being a really good interview. Tommy Dreamer was great because he completely didn't break kayfabe. This was, like, the (laughs) night after Raven came back. Like, they did a New York show, they did a Lancaster PA show, which is the show I was at, and then they did a Philly show. So, like, we're at, like, the D show of the weekend, and, like, everyone's crapping on the whole card, and... I see Axel Rotten eating a hot dog complaining about the fans (laughs) sucking. And and I'm like, okay, this is great. And uh, It was just Tommy Dreamer's like, we're like, what do you think of Raven coming back? And now you got the big TNN deal, and, you know, things are really looking up for ECW. And he's like, I hate Raven. I hate people that like Raven. Raven, you're going down. Like, this is tremendous. You know, after having, you know, Justin Incredible talk to us about being 18 years old and wrestling in the Manhattan Center and working out with Lance Storm up in the dungeon, now you have Tommy Dreamer telling us, Raven, enemy, you know, and I'm like, this is tremendous. You know, the guy's totally in character. He's like, and then my friend, who's a real idiot, my friend's, a com- my friend's on the show, and he goes, well, since this is a work, like, he's throwing this around in the dressing room, so I'm just waiting for him to get beat up. So Tommy Dreamer looks at him, and he goes, this isn't a work, this is very serious business. Oh. And a funny story that correlates with this, Lehigh University, where ECW recently went back to, they had a show there, and my friend was going to interview Balls Mahoney, and... Sure enough, Balls was in a match with uh, Masato Tanaka against, I believe it was, we'll just say the Baldies. And I guess everyone's bleeding all over everyone else. And <laughs> my friend's interviewing Balls Mahoney. And my friend, who's a complete tool, looks at the guy and he goes, Nice blade job. <laughs> oh. Well, after Balls Mahoney snatches him by his throat and throws him against the wall, I'm, lo- I'm looking at this whole thing like completely 
like a deer in headlights, like, oh my god, my friend's gonna die in front of me. And he's like, respect the effort business, respect the effort business. The one promoter who's regional in PA is trying to pull Mahoney off. RVD had his ankle broke at the time. He gets up with a Pepsi in his hand. <laughs> hey, balls, man, calm down, dude. <laughs> he grabs the, balls grabs the Pepsi, throws it against the wall across the room, just to keep screaming at my friend. And sure enough, my friend had like a handprint on his face for the rest of the week. <laughs> so he learned the hard way to respect the quote effing business. So I, I was all, I'm the most timid person, and I'm like probably too respectful, but... <laughs> He was a complete tool, though. He uh, he still was like, I should sue him, I should sue him. I'm like, dude, no one's going to say they saw anything, for yeah. one. I said, you probably shouldn't have, shouldn't have said that. He's like, well, I was telling him I appreciated how he cut himself. I said, but dude, you're not even supposed to know he cut himself, you idiot. Well, it's open now. WWF has, has shoots on confident. I was like, look, dude, you shouldn't have said it. And sure enough, to this day, we still laugh about it. Wow. But, uh. Yeah, so just don't ever tell Balls Mahoney nice blade job, or else he'll probably end up with a handprint. Nice right. guy, otherwise. Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> well, do you have anything else you'd uh, like to discuss today? Oh, absolutely not. This has been a blast. Yeah. I uh, I can maybe plug DeathValleyDriver.com, since I guess I don't really have anything else to plug. So, there you go. Sure. There's a, uh, a fairly recent issue up, 159, I believe. Yeah, uh, yeah, and there's a new one coming out. And I'll plug what I write about, squash matches. <laughs> you want to read about Big Sky and Charlie Norris and WCW? You know who to look up. DeathValleyDriver.com. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm sure they're all rushing to the keyboards as soon as they heard that one. I'm but, sure uh, they are. <laughs> But I uh, definitely want to thank you for being on. This was a lot of fun. And hey, thanks, uh, man. I appreciate it. Definitely have you on again in the future. Cool. Sounds good. We'll try to uh, move up into the 90s, which I seem to avoid like the plague today. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm living in the past, man. But, uh, you see the, the, very, the uh, very far past of the, the present. So Yeah, it's all good. good. We made all the right. connection. All right. Well, I'd like to thank everyone for listening. We have a full archive of shows up at joeversestheworld.com, or you can visit thecubsfan.com for a uh, full archive. Us uh, sorted by subject matter so you can find something you like. And uh, I want to thank Rob again for being on. And I have a final request for you, Rob. Alright, what's up? Can you imitate Bruno San Martino as a UWF announcer again? <laughs> okay, one second. Doggone it, Herb! I'll tell you what, that man, that's a bisco. I'm going <laughs> to choke him out. I'm going to choke him out. And that, John Tolos! John Tolos, <laughs> I'm coming for you! There, <laughs> there it is. And I know uh, everyone else, I'm sure you think it's actually Bruno himself, but no, it isn't. It's Robbie. Oh, that makes me so happy. All right. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it, and Bruno is also. Again, thanks everyone for listening, and I will be back uh, next week. We're going to have uh, Tanvir Aquib back on. He will be at the 9-11 Raw show. And uh, also, I think we'll have met the Iron Sheik by then, so plenty of stories there. And uh, any final words, Rob? I wish I was meeting the Iron Sheik. That's about it. I, I wish I would, too. But uh, again, thanks everyone for listening, and I'll talk to you real soon.